Hey guys, thanks for listening to Kinda Dating, the comedy dating podcast where I, your host, Natasha Chandel, and some cool guests break down the dating world and try to figure out why the fuck do we all have commitment issues? Today's topic is, can dating be a spiritual experience? Let's find out. friends i'm natasha chandel and you're listening to kind of dating i'm here with the beautiful aisha oh thank you hello <laughs> we're recording this um post halloween so are Day you halloween. halloween hungover i am definitely feeling pain <laughs> yeah and it's daylight savings so even though we were supposed to get an extra hour i slept later so i don't know i'm still a little fucked up <laughs> that was the best are part you? for me I yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Of that extra hour. True. Yes. So it's just me. <laughs> um, friends, uh, some friendly reminders for you. There's nothing like word of mouth. So if you could please tell your friends um, and, uh, you know, get them to subscribe to this podcast, we'd be so grateful. Also, please make sure to leave us a five-star rating or review. You know what that number is. Five. What's that number again? Five. Five stars. Thanks, friends. Um, also, follow us on social media. We're at Kind of Dating across the board. Aisha? I am at Aisha Says Dance across the board. And since I am forever complicated, uh, I'm at Natasha Chandel Official on Facebook, Natasha underscore Chandel on Twitter, Natasha Chandel on Instagram. And that is where you should follow me for uh, some Instagram lives on Sundays and Thursdays um, starting in November. We're going to do that where you guys can ask me your questions. Um, I want to jump in because I'm so excited about our next guests. I'm a fan. They are hosts of the top-rated lifestyle podcast and legit brand. Like, I look up to these guys for what they have done in the podcast world. Um, I want to welcome the podcast hosts of Almost 30, Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsick. What's up? Hi, Natasha. I feel like there's What's like up? a crowd cheering. Because <laughs> yeah. you did such a good job of it. I was like, <laughs> thank you yeah. so much. That's how I, I try to imagine it. It's like a fucking stadium yes. audience. Yes. Oh, we're so glad to be here. This is going to be so much fun. Truly. Yeah. You guys are fucking ballers. Um, please tell people about your podcast and... Uh, yeah, you guys like made this a, a whole community and brand like clap, clap, clap. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, we um, so if if anyone out there does not know, Almost 30 is a podcast where we have just really honest conversations inspired by our transition from our 20s to our 30s, which was a time where we had a lot of questions like you don't you don't learn about this stuff in school or even from your parents. It's not like a regular conversation. And so we, that's kind of how we became friends. And we started a podcast soon after that, just to hopefully support one another and then support other people who are going through that type of transition. And what it's turned into is, um, you know, just a consistent learning and evolution uh, through these various transitions of life. And we talk about spirituality and health and wellness and entrepreneurship and everything from like aliens to hormones to <laughs> you name it. And um, yeah, we're learning right along with you. And, and it started with a podcast, but soon that community formed pretty organically. We didn't plan on that, but it's been really, it's been really, really cool to meet people all over the world 
who, you know, are going through similar things and having similar feelings and to be able to support each other and have conversations has been like the best medicine. Um, and yeah, we've turned it into a brand where we've gone on tour, we have merch, um, we support other podcasters, we have virtual events. So it's been really fun to just kind of follow what the spirit of Almost 30 has uh, asked us to do. That's so awesome. And uh, Aisha and I, you know, we still play between 20 to 30. So I feel like we... <laughs> definitely have experienced a lot of transition, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a confusing time. Um, well, guys, we sure. ask... Sorry, It's a confusing time. I actually just learned in therapy that your prefrontal cortex comes online between 25 and 27. So that's really when you're able to think like the most consciously of your whole life. So it's almost like all decisions really come online to be serious and to be really thoughtful as the real you when you're past 25. Oh, wow. I didn't even know that. That's, That's so amazing. Funny. I feel yeah. like a lot of my friends, myself included, at 27 specifically, it was when like things changed and made sense. So that's so funny that there's a scientific reason behind that. Yep. Mm -hmm. There you go. Wow. <laughs> well, ladies, we ask every guest the same question on this podcast. The first question is always, single or in a relationship? I am engaged. I just got engaged in October of last year. So yeah, I'm in a relationship. I've been in a relationship for eight years now. Nice. Yay, congrats. <laughs> and I am in a relationship. I've been dating my boyfriend for about a year, but we've known each other for about eight years. Nice. Wow. So that Magic slow works. burn kind of thing it came later. <laughs> slow burn. I was single for about six years before that. Dating like on and off, but pretty single. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think everybody needs that time. I did that for five and a half years. So I totally get it. Except I was just fucking a lot. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Good times. Um, <laughs> I don't even hide it. Uh, guys, so this episode was very, very important to me. It's very delayed. You know, we've done uh, like 150 plus episodes, but uh, I, this is probably the inspiration of this podcast which is, you know, the idea of, is there room for spirituality in dating at all? Um, and what does that even mean? So, I mean, let's just start there. Do you guys think that there is room for, for that? Or, or is it just a thing that we do? Yeah, I think it, the first, I think it could be one of the most spiritual things that you do. You know, each time we meet another, it's essentially an opportunity to look at ourselves and to be more connected to ourselves or source. So even when people are going on the dates where people meet on Bumble and you're like going to a bar and you're like, oh, this person's like a loser. And you're like, oh, this fucking sucks. It's an opportunity if you're thinking it from a spiritual perspective, like, what is this showing me? What is this showing me about myself? What is this showing me about the world? Like, what is my judgment here? What is my hesitation here? Why can I not love this person? And we're not talking about like, why can I not like fuck this stranger? But like, why could I not love another? And so when we're dating, you have this opportunity to first, each time you are dating, define yourself in a new way with a new person. And then also to always look at yourself. So I've always found that whether you're in the, the dating stages where you're dating a bunch of other people or whether you're in an intimate relationship, it's like the most spiritual thing, you know, that you can do. And when I was single, I think the moment I made that shift of really, instead of 
needing the next date to work out instead of like looking for what was wrong with them or picking apart each person. The moment I was like, actually, this is really cool that there are two people meeting each other. Most often, like I didn't know them. I was, you know, going on a, like a Bumble date or Tinder date or whatever it was. And two people are vulnerable enough to meet each other, get to know each other and see if there's some sort of chemistry and it just became a much more fun experience. And I would always leave being like, huh, to Chris's point, like, wow, I didn't really realize that um, it's important to me that someone asked me questions about myself, you know, like just these little pieces that I would find out about what my needs are or what I, I like in a person. Oftentimes, like, a first date, I would learn something new about what I liked in a person rather than sticking to my list that I had written out. Like I need them to be this, this, this. I would find out something new about, oh, that like actually turned me on or that made me feel seen or heard. So yeah, I mean, even in my relationship now, it's, it is like, like highway to getting to know myself better. And I feel very much seen, sometimes so seen that it's uncomfortable because there is wow. such a is such a um i guess a collaboration in this relationship of like holding each other to our highest self and sometimes he sees it in me that i don't see and then i'm like oh my god okay can i have a can i have a moment to just kind of like catch up to what you're seeing um but it's been like the most beautiful thing to get to know and see myself through his eyes at times. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's an, that wow. sounds like an amazing relationship. Did you know that Kinda Dating Now has merch? Yep. We collaborated with tpublic.com to create t-shirts, hoodies, mugs, stickers, iPhone cases, and so much more. Picking up one of our items is a great way to support the show and grab some swag for yourself. So swing over to tpublic.com or follow the link in the description of this episode to grab yours today. Uh, Aish, what do you think? I mean, is there room? Has there been room for you? I think there's definitely room. I don't think in the past I've made room for it, but that was also because I wasn't as connected with my own spirituality. (laughs) So as I've sort of figured out and like come to terms with that, it's definitely started to play a bigger role um, you know, in dating. And I think that um, it's like, it's in the, the little moments, you know, it's the sparks, it's the butterflies, it's the silent moments where you're just connecting with people. I think that, you know, that's where the magic is. And that's, for me, that's where the spirituality comes to, to play. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, one of the reasons I started this podcast was because um, I felt uh, I learned the most about myself through dating, um, the things I wanted and the things I didn't want. And, you know, I went through this crazy journey of being a hardcore relationship girl who then had an abusive relationship and then went the complete other side, those five and a half years where I became a commitment phobe. And then I was like, and then now I'm what I call a reformed commitment phobe. But all of those experiences taught me something about myself. Like every person I interacted with taught me something about what I wanted, what I didn't want. I mean, the abusive relationship taught me boundaries. I didn't realize like little Canadian girl who came in, you know, as a kid to America by herself, like 
I was just like, be nice to everybody. And then you realize, oh my God, there's actually a thing as being too nice and and not even protecting yourself. Um, And so that was one of literally the reasons I started this podcast, which is always, we talk about dating, but there's always like a deeper um, meaning to it because I feel like every experience is there to help us um, kind of evolve. Uh, you guys are are pretty. Would you identify as spiritual? Let's you know just sort of use that term. Yeah, um, I think in LA you, you like would. have to. <laughs> yeah, I think being yeah. in LA, it's like you're like I am just spiritual. I'm not, <laughs> but you know, yeah. growing up, I grew up Catholic. I grew up in Ohio, and Lindsay grew up Catholic too. But I think when you move to LA, you really just are a spiritual person. But I awoke into my spirituality maybe, you know, probably 10 years ago was when I became mm-hmm. someone that was like devoted to growth and transformation. And so when I talk about spirituality, I do talk about that like opportunity for growth and transformation, which essentially brings you closer to to yourself. And, you know, when you were talking about relationships and the way that you learned I think for me, because I had such a great relationship with my father growing up, I was really able to learn in intimate relationships with men because I was able to like trust and love men much more easily than I was, you know, say women, the majority of my early life. And so I was in relationships from 14 years old till now. I was probably, I've probably been single for like six or seven months at a time, maybe. And those have been like fast tracks for my understanding of who I am, understanding of what I want, understanding of the life that I want. And you can just go deep with people in intimate relationships in ways that make just life so much more interesting. And like you said, your catalyst for growth so much bigger. But yes, I am spiritual. (laughs) Yeah, because and I asked that question because do you think that dating as a spiritual person can be harder? Um, Can it be, you know, I I also want to touch on sort of that there is a a dark side of spirituality, Mm -hmm. if you could say, you know, where some people, uh, I always call it like half knowledge, like people don't exactly know what it means to be spiritual. And that could be what I was in the past, which is just too fucking nice. And, and that meant that just no boundaries and not being able to say no and accepting bad behavior because I thought I was being a good person. I was like, I'll kill him with kindness yeah, that's, yeah. instead of killing myself with kindness by walking away. Yeah. So do you think that it can be harder for people who are spiritual to sort of date, not just in that extreme, but in general? Um, I think it's hard if you make it hard. <laughs> and that's like kind of a, yeah. I just think that there is a choice in, in every moment. And especially if you're dating and if you have you know, if you have a spiritual practice or you, you know, are looking and living through the lens of more of a spiritual perspective, there is this element of non-judgment that I think really helps me to not only like get to know a person for who they are, but then I'm also much more compassionate for myself through the process because Lord knows I'm not perfect when I've, when I've dated and even in my relationship now. And so, 
you know, I definitely went through a season of when I was single and dating where I was literally looking for things to be wrong with someone. Like they don't understand me. Like they don't go deep with me. They don't. And it got tiring and it was really, really exhausting to be looking for the negative and to be labeling everything as good or bad or "Hmm, that has potential or I could fix that. Like just constantly labeling. And I just found so much more peace and I found just so much more like joy in meeting people and dating um, when I suspended that judgment and that expectation. And for me, that was like a spiritual practice because ultimately it, it reflected back to myself where I'm like, huh, no longer am I, do I have that loop in my head that's like, you know, whatever that self-talk is that is negative. So it just like, that to me was a really profound spiritual practice. And I do believe that if you are practicing, you know, those things that you believe in, that you will begin to attract those type of people to either like Mm -hmm. help you with that lesson and, or, um, to kind of work with, work with you on that. Mm -hmm. They might be wanting, you know, and believing in the same thing. Yeah. And I think about, you know, your situation when you were talking earlier and, um, I haven't been, I've gone through, you know, certain abuse in in relationships in my life and it hasn't been physical, but there have been other things. And when I think about that, you know, it's like I was being too nice. I was giving more than I thought, you know, I deserved. And that really, when I look at it now, wasn't me being spiritual. I was being complicit. And my understanding of what a woman was, was someone that complies, someone that does things for men overdoing things for herself. And when I get more deeply into my spirituality, I realize that it's not about being nice. It's about having as much love for myself that I have for others. And that means boundaries. And that means self-respect. And that means saying no. And that means all these things. So I think growing up, I had a different idea of what spirituality was being someone that grew up Catholic. So my idea was, you know, much more distorted than it is now, but I can totally relate to you, you know, and what you're saying. Yeah. And, you know, I have a follow-up for, um, for Lindsay, cause you, you know, I'm curious when you go through dates and, or when you did, sorry, go through dates and, you know, you, you practice that non-judgment, um, how then did you sort of make a decision of this person is still not right for me? Because I, I think that's the the fine line, right? For people who are listening who don't get, they might think you're saying non-judgment means everybody yeah. is yeah, totally. great and perfect for me and I should just accept them the way they are. And But the guy or girl sitting in front of you could just be red flagging you like crazy. Um, so how do you sort of navigate that? That's a really good question. I think judgment for me has a... Um just kind of like a heavier energy to it. And so judgment and discernment is like very different. And I think like I can have, I can have discernment if I am as present as possible in a dating date situation. So I'm on a date and really like I got to the point where I was just like feeling into the moment. I'm like, okay, like how does this feel? And sometimes I couldn't even describe to you like exactly what made me like them and or maybe not be so attracted to them. But it was just this feeling. And what's cool about that, and if we trust ourselves with that over time, like that muscle really strengthens. And 
you're able to more quickly discern um, whether it's dating or in any area of your life. So I know what you're saying, but I think um, in order to get to know someone, to get to that point of just feeling like, huh, yeah, I, I would love to see them again, or no, it's just not for me. I do think we need to suspend that judgment. Judgment can be really, it's kind of like a, it's like mud and it's like really hard to walk through it and get to the point where you can properly discern if you're judging every step of the way. Totally. I think it's, uh, you know, important for us to see people as they are and accept them as they are, but that doesn't mean that they have to be a fit for you. Mm -hmm. Like it could just be, I mean, we're not here to be with every single human on the planet, right? Like there's 7 billion of us, but, but the idea that you can still walk away from something and not think of them as good or bad, right? I feel like that labeling of right, wrong, good, bad, up, down is kind of the issue instead of just being like, hey, yeah, you know what? I see that you want this in life and that's kind of cool. I don't, but it doesn't mean that you wanting that is right or wrong and me wanting this just not. Right. It's like a jigsaw puzzle. Maybe that piece doesn't fit. And I also just want to add that like the very like scenario of a date is very weird sometimes and it could make people really nervous and they they might not be themselves on the first date and like I found that over time I would like notice I'm like second or third date I would get to know the person and I I feel like it was a completely different experience and so and I'm pretty I felt like I was comfortable on first dates and I could generally be myself and be conversational and open up and I would early on, be pretty quick to judge people who couldn't do that and felt kind of awkward. But then I was like, wow, like dating is so vulnerable. And like, maybe I should give someone a second chance if there's no like really intense red flags. And more often than not, I would just find like, oh, okay. Like they just need a little familiarity or just a little time. And it was, it was kind of cool over time to like see that happen. So just dating in general, like I would, I would say it is kind of a, uh, a weird thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it definitely can be. I mean, Aish, what do you, how do you feel? Like as somebody who you said that you're just starting to sort of, or not just starting, but in the last mm-hmm. little while have started to sort of open up and be more aware. Has that experience changed for you? Like in dating, does it make it harder? Does it easier <laughs> to manage feelings? Like what? what is it? No, I think it makes it easier. Like I resonate so much with what Krista says, um, said. I didn't really have a sense of self, you know? So I was just letting whatever happened to me sort of happen and just going with the flow. And I think not being connected to like myself and spirituality led to me just sort of, you know, letting life happen to me. And as soon as I sort of came into myself and stopped judging myself and loved myself and respected myself more, it just made it much more easy to focus on, do I actually like this person or am I just in this because I don't know? because they came up to me and I was like, sure, whatever. So it's, for me, it's definitely been easier to focus on, all right, this is what I actually like and how I actually feel in this situation. Yes. So, yeah. And I think too, there's something about like, not like as women, it's like not judge, like 
I'm in complete agreement that we want non-judgment and we want discernment, but there is something to not judging ourselves for judging. Mm-hmm. I feel like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I feel like women are yeah. so intuitive. Like yeah. we know what the fuck's up. And for me, this is something that I work on is like, sometimes I'm so trying to be a good person and trying to be mm-hmm. like perfect that I'm like, oh, that's bad that I thought that. But it's really my intuition that's like, no, nah, this this isn't really for you. This isn't going to work. And I'd be like, no, stop judging, like whatever. <laughs> and then you get yourself in these situations. So it's it's also a discernment of, of discerning your intuition and like when you are being judgmental to protect yourself, to make yourself look better or like something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I you know one of the biggest lessons I learned because you know so I'm Indian um uh that's my ethnicity and you know growing up we get taught a lot of sort of uh, things about spirituality and being a good person and and being humble and and all of those things that get ingrained to us as kids and especially as girls Indian women are, you know, the, our culture is very patriarchal. And, and so we're often um, finding ourselves sort of becoming agreeable to everything that, that somebody else does. And, and then I, I actually went through a phase where I actually don't think I've ever really talked about this on the podcast, but I was part of a spiritual cult. Um, it's something I didn't no. uh, know when I was a kid that I was I got caught up in this thing, but I was in a very weak point in my life and I got roped into a thing that broke me. You know, I was in it for five years and every, I mean, we had to, you know, we had a list and he had to go through it every night and be like, did you experience any of these, what they called negative emotions? So it was like anger, jealousy, envy, um, unhappiness, you know, just things that, and then at the end of the week, you had to look back on this thing and go, oh my God, this is where I need to fix myself. And of course there are times you're angry and anger for, was a big thing for me, like in therapy, then years later, after, you know, being in this abusive relationship, um, when I got in therapy, my therapist had to be like, do you realize like if there are four quadrants of feelings, your empathy is like through the roof and you have zero anger. And she and she had to teach me that it was okay to be angry, that it was okay to, um, and actually I say that the thing that saved my life from the abusive relationship was when I finally let myself be angry and say, fuck you, get the fuck out of my life. And, you know, I lost it. And I, I remember he tried to get physical with me one time, like really badly after I caught him cheating on me. And for the first time, I just, I lost it physically. And I ended up like screaming at him. I didn't touch him, but I screamed at him and I, you know, threw him out of my house and I took all of his nice fucking clothes and shoes and threw it out on the streets. And I was like, get the fuck out. And like, I remember being like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. Like I lost it. And and then I realized like, no, I had to do it to defend myself because it was getting to a place where I was actually fearing my life. So it was like, and one of the, the biggest lessons I had to learn was all of these emotions we get sometimes 
are, are meant to help us. It's just not being caught in it all the time. Like not being an angry person forever mm-hmm. or not being a judgmental person forever. But sometimes I feel like there there might be times where, you, and, it, and maybe it's a semantics thing. Maybe it really is just saying the word discernment and being like, this person is probably not safe or good for me or trusting that intuition and that gut that says, maybe I should walk out of this date and not into it further. Um, so there's a balance, yes, right? 100%. I think too, you know, like I was thinking of just a lot about like the Indian culture and then like the patriarchy. And, you know, I think that in Indian culture, it's more intensified and here it's more um, subtle, but it's it's really mm-hmm. definitely ingrained the way that the patriarchy, you know, leads us to to act in many ways. And I do think it's one of those where we always laugh about it, Lindsay and I, like how we were like in high school and in college, how like submissive and like we'd like fucking bake them cookies and just like literally do whatever. <laughs> clean their dorm rooms. Clean their dorm, like just, just oh do all God. these like weird things that like were taught to us that like women are supposed to be good cleaners, good cooks, good fucks, like all these things. And you just really like kill all these parts of yourself when you're trying to please men in these ways that like we're taught we're supposed to. And the anger is one of them. The anger, when you lose anger, that's like one of the parts of you that essentially gets like shoved down. And if, yeah. And I feel like if you haven't expressed that anger over most of your life, like it is bound and, and should like move, right? Like, or else it might come up in like, a physical ailment or something like, so I'm so glad that you were able to express that. Like I've, I've definitely felt that where I similarly just have like, had like kind of a good girl, be polite, complex throughout my life and expectation. And even just recently, the last year, I had a moment with like my parents where I just fucking lost it and I've never lost it with them really. Like I've always kind of kept it together, been respectful, et cetera, et cetera. And I just lost it. And afterwards I was like, that felt fucking good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, that felt totally. good. <laughs> like, and I was like, I was thinking a lot about that, how it was just over time. Like I've just kept all of those moments in where I've really wanted to say how I felt or screamed and kicked it. You know what I mean? Just been like, no. And I didn't. And how that could be affecting how I am in the world. And so like to be able to move that energy, like, allow that emotion to come through is so, so powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and uh, I don't know about you, but like, sometimes I feel like the spiritual lesson of anger is also learning to communicate, Mm. like learning to say before we, we hit the peak. Cause like that was another lesson I've learned over all my years of dating has been, okay, you tend to, I I don't say things that are on my mind right away. I tend to think I'm a thinker. So I'll go back. I'll think about it for two weeks. And then I come back and I'm like, hey, you know that thing that you did two weeks ago? And then I laugh about it. And then it's like the person is so confused. They're like, I didn't even know this was on your mind still. Or if worst case, like the couple times I've lost it because I didn't say what I was actually feeling. So maybe, you know, some of the lessons there can be communication. Um and just learning to speak up when you're actually feeling something. Because I think that's the, such a hard thing to do, but that's a spiritual experience in a way to trust yourself mm-hmm. and say, this is how I feel. And 
it's not right or wrong, but it's valid. Yeah. I think that's one of the the mo- most like the things that I learned being in relationship for so many years with so many different um, men was like learning communication in relationship because. I think, I don't know about you guys, but you know, my parents, I didn't see healthy communication. I didn't see healthy mm-hmm. conflict resolution. I didn't see healthy expression of love or frustration or anger or any really emotion. So I really had to figure it out on my own and kind of go too far, freak the fuck out, be really mad, be really angry and be like, ah, oh, that's that, that wasn't really what works, you know, or be too quiet. You know, that really wasn't what works. And you really just use each of the dating opportunities or people that you're with as this like playground for figuring out like what feels good, what makes sense to me, what is like a way for me to be fully expressed and to grow in all of these um, situations. Yeah, because even in even like little moments on dates, right? There, there's so much room to learn stuff. Like, um, you laughed at an awkward time at a date, and you're like, in your head, you're going, "Oh my god, this person's gonna hate my laughter." That might show you, like, hey, maybe you're feeling a little insecure, and that's something that you know you need to kind of work on. Or, um, like you said, Lindsay, you know, when you meet somebody and you judge them right away, and then you could be like, hey, maybe I'm not being as open as I could be. Maybe there's nothing wrong here for me to, you know, uh, pick on. Um, There's just so many things to me that you can learn from like a simple drinks date (laughs) about yourself, not just the other person, just yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, can you sit in discomfort? Yep. You know, some people walk out. Like to me, I mean, I'm sure we've all had friends. I don't know if you've done it, but people who just like, they didn't like a person and 10 minutes later they've walked out and and i'm like I, my heart breaks because i'm like oh i don't think i could ever do that to somebody even if i don't like them like the i'll opposite. sit for an like hour <laughs> you don't like them at all but i feel like, bad. I'm sorry i feel bad yeah, i feel so bad for him happened, i should probably just have sex <laughs> but like also respect i guess you know yeah, it's like totally agree. it's yeah. like if someone totally really does is not feeling it that's what's that. hard is it's so much nuance, yeah. you know, because it is. It's like, dude, fucking yeah. respect it. Save everyone's time. But then yeah. part of me is like, oh, man, because I think so often women are so we're so discussionary, conversational. We're fucking we're like, oh, he's doing this. I think that's because his mom did this when he was young. You know, we're always thinking about <laughs> all so these true. fucking things and guys are not. And so sometimes I feel so bad if like. Mm-hmm. A girl's like, I had to be discerning. So I had to leave him because he's not going to be a good father to my future children because he mm-hmm. wasn't like six foot. And I just feel bad for men sometimes because <laughs> I think they get fucked like a little bit more than we think. hundred percent. hundred percent. So, uh, you know, I, I'm, I, I want to talk about forgiveness as, as sort of um, uh, a spiritual concept. So you have breakups Everybody has breakups. One of our, you know, some of our more, our more popular episodes are about breakups and exes. And um, it's where people get stuck, toxic relationships. Um, where can forgiveness sort of play its role? Do you have to forgive everybody? I don't know that you do. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah, if somebody really hurt you that bad and it's like generally not a good person, I don't know if you really need to. I mean, I guess some people need it for themselves, but I don't know. 
You got a story? You, you <laughs> <laughs> just thinking about my past. Um, yeah, no, I haven't forgiven uh, the first guy who really fucked me over at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, think I don't so, know. So, yeah. So often, I'm curious, like, to ask you, was there any part of it? Because I'm thinking about just forgiveness as a theme, and it's like. Mm-hmm. most of the time I'm like, I have to like really forgive myself for either putting up with that mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. either doing something fucked up mm-hmm. or reacting a certain way. Um, Cause like I'm living with myself. So it's like they can go off and continue to do fucked up things. And I don't know if like for me, forgiving them is like this powerful spiritual thing, but it's like, do I forgive myself mm-hmm. for like being exactly. in that situation? Yeah, that's ultimately what I had to do is forgive myself. Like that felt better to me than trying to, I don't know, forgive him for what he did, you know, to me. So that, yeah, that for me is sort of where also this whole process came from because I was just so down on myself. I was like, why would you allow yourself to be, Mm. you know, to go back to somebody who's so obviously not respecting you. Um, And then I had to just say, you know, I wasn't, I just wasn't in the right place. And now we know. And that's okay. And let's move on and we'll be okay. And fuck him. <laughs> yeah, truly. Yeah. And somehow, sometimes you just do the best that you know how at the time, right? Like sometimes we're young and we just don't know any better. Exactly. I mean, when I was in my situation, people after were like, how, why? You're so smart. And I was like, it had nothing to do with that. Yeah. It was just that's I just didn't know any better. I didn't even know how to get out of it because I didn't have the tools mm-hmm. at the time. Um and you guys are right. I think most of the forgiveness has to come from yourself um, or, or to yourself. Uh, I had a, so uh, I used to go to this Buddhist um, temple for a long time. And so I had a monk. Um, it's always funny to say that, but she, you know, became a friend of mine and was like a, a spiritual confidant and, and all of that. And um I remember talking to her about forgiveness and asking if I forgive them, does that mean I have to let them back in my life? Does that mean like, Hey, we're, we're all fine and dandy. I've forgiven you. Is, is that true forgiveness? And she was like, no, she's like, you can forgive somebody and still choose to set a boundary that I don't want this person in my life. And like that made a big shift change for me. Cause again, you know, that idea of, how spirituality can like, we can take it to an extreme, which just means no boundaries and everything is hunky-dory and whatever, but it's not really. Um, And so for me, that's where I kind of got to where there were people that I could say, all right, you were clearly fucked up and you had your issues. I forgive you for that, but I don't want anything to fucking do with you. Mm Yeah, which is my discernment. Mm-hmm. Um, I had, um, I think I had to learn. I learned forgiveness when I, um, so I had been cheated on a lot in like high school and all that. I had gone through all of that kind of drama, and then I learned forgiveness for that when I eventually cheated. Um, not eventually, I was kind of cheating a good amount, but it just really, I was like, I, I was able to see myself in others, in the men that had cheated on me. And I was like, oh, okay, this wasn't as malicious as I thought. This wasn't as calculated as I thought. This wasn't as, 
I don't know, as cruel as I thought, you know, because Mm -hmm. when you get cheated on, you really just lose yourself. You Mm -hmm. really, you know, I've spent years being like looking at their page every day of the girl and just thinking about all the things and, you know, being on the other side and being someone that, that cheated as well. I was like, oh, it's actually not as layered and intense and like, as I thought, and it's not even about the other person. It's like never about the other person in the situation. So being someone that was able to experience that, I was able to have compassion and then forgive both both people. Yeah, I had a similar experience where I cheated on my like long-term boyfriend and yeah, it really had nothing to do with him. Like I'm sure that, but it was like my inability to communicate and, mm-hmm. and ask for what, I wanted and to start hard conversations, you know, when you're in your like early mid twenties, that's not really something that you do. Um, But like years later, I just, I beat myself up for a a while after that, just had a lot of shame. And then I was like, damn, like I really had enough time and space between that version of me and like who I am now. And I was like, I just had a lot of compassion for myself and for him. Um, and even with the person that I cheated with, like, because they kind of like got entangled mm-hmm. in it all. And um, yeah, it's, I, I kind of had to forgive um, all parties involved, you know, like, mm-hmm. cause, and it felt so much better and it really, everything made sense, truly. Mm-hmm. Like years and years down the line, like being able to forgive and just kind of understand the dynamics at play and the growth happening I think when you find your person, you understand and you're able to forgive. Like Mm -hmm. I'm now able to look at exes that like used to fucking like keep me up at night. And I'm like, oh, that was so darling. That was so (laughs) darling that that we did that, that we felt that way about each other and all those things. So it's always easier when you're on the other side of like feeling like you have your person where you're like, oh yes, that made sense. That's why you cheated on me with my sister. That's why you did all all these (laughs) things. You know, it all is like, Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Great. So it brought me here. It's worth it. Mm-hmm. That's a perfect segue. Firstly, though, I'm so glad you guys mentioned um, that it wasn't the other person. It was whatever you guys were going through. Because like I say that a lot on the show that when people ghost you and stuff like that, it's usually it has nothing to do yeah, with no. you because so many people internalize like it's me. I'm the problem. And I'm like, no, it's just because somebody else was going through some shit and they didn't know how to tell you that. And so they pussied out and then they did whatever it is, like not responding to you again. Um, That's like girls. And we've all done it. I've done it. Girls are like, there's a hotter girl. There's a way cooler, hotter girl. And all guys are like, it's her. It's definitely her. She was like, (laughs) had a lot of going on in her head. Like guys make it not about them and women make everything about them. 100%. (laughs) Um, But it was, it's a great segue because um, I wanted to ask, like, how can you, be grateful for the th- the bad things that have happened in relationships. Because, you know, I think that's where people get hung up and kind of what you were saying um, when you're with the person that you're eventually with, that you're like, okay, this is the right person. You can see hindsight. Oh, that's why all these things didn't work out. But what about the people who haven't found that person yet? Yeah. Like, how can people be grateful? Yeah. 
<laughs> Let us know. I mean, it's, sorry, go ahead. Aisha. No, I was just saying, yeah, we'd like to know. I was just thinking about it, you know, if I was in, so I had this one, I was with this guy for five years and um, he was cheating on me for a long time. When I was, um, I went abroad and he was cheating me for a long time. So I was in college. And I just remember being so in it that anyone could have told me anything and I wouldn't have been able to hear. I would have been like, what are you talking about? Like grateful for mm-hmm. what? You know, like you really have to be at a place to receive that sort of medicine when you're able to understand that everything does happen for a reason and it's meant to be and it really is making you a bigger and better person. But when you're in that that mode, and this is what I was in for a lot of my life, a victim mentality where everything is happening to me and this is, he cheated on me with her and I am the victim and I am whatever, instead of happening for me. And so it's really that mental mindset shift mindset shift with people, which people have to make because that was really happening for me. I shouldn't have been with that person. I was with him four years longer than I should have been. And I knew the entire time. And there was really nothing that was going to keep me from being with him until it was something that was really bad. So I needed it essentially, but I was too much in victim mentality of like feeding into the narrative that someone is hotter than me, someone is prettier than me, whatever. And he chose her rather than empowering myself and being like, okay, why is this happening? Is this telling me something? Do I need to check my boundaries? Do I need to check my self-respect? So it's a, that's, I mean, that kind of mindset shift has taken me years. That took Mm -hmm. me fucking years. That's a long time, a lot of therapy, a lot of fucking hard stuff. But I guess what people can start with when they're thinking small is like thinking about the small wins or the small opportunities to be grateful. Like if you get cheated on, you can, you know, think about, okay, I just got cheated on and now I have, more free time where I'm not thinking about what he's doing. Now I have, <laughs> you know, the freedom to maybe recreate myself to be a better version of myself because I feel motivated. You know, you can think about the small opportunities for gratitude in that moment that makes sense to you because last thing I'll say is like gratitude doesn't make sense and it doesn't work if it's fake. It's not going to mm-hmm. work if you're like, I'm grateful for this opportunity. You don't mean it in your heart. You have to mean whatever it is that you mean in your heart. And sometimes it takes time to be grateful, right? Like it doesn't happen right away. Like now looking back, I'm so grateful for the abusive relationship. I actually have have um, in my prayer sort of thanked him, but I would never fucking tell him that. But for, for the idea that um, I just didn't know boundaries. I, I mean, I've said it 18 times on this show already, but like that was such a serious issue for me. And I'm grateful for the fact that um, life was trying to teach me in 18 ways and, and I wasn't learning the lesson. And then, you know, I'm somebody who believes in God and I don't think you have to to be in this state, but it's that to me, it was like, God was like, all right, dude, here's a fucking giant thing. If you don't learn now, like, I don't know what will help you. And then I, I did. I learned the lesson. I was like, oh, fuck, I, I need to get out. And so I got out. I didn't, I wasn't able to thank him for years later, years until I saw the person that I've now become. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so much better now. I like who I am now so much better than that seemingly sweet girl who just didn't fucking care about herself. Like now I can say I'm a sweet girl, but 
I'm also strong and I'm also assertive and and I love me enough now that I could just be like, hey, yeah, this isn't working. I don't have to be a bitch to anybody, but I'm very straight up now. I'm like, yeah, this isn't going to work out, but I wish you really well. And um, off we go, you know, like, and I can come to that now. Um, So for the people maybe listening who are like, I I just don't feel fucking grateful right now. It's like hindsight is 2020. And and sometimes you just need a little time to get there um, because you just won't know the benefits of something until later. I mean, another good one for people who got cheated on or anything really that your relationship breaks up is like finding out the truth as a gift. Yes. That was mm-hmm. a, a 100%. thing I taught myself, which is, oh man, I'm so glad. Because not only was I in an abusive relationship, he was cheating on me with like seven girls that I counted at the end. And it was like, I'm like, oh man, I'm so glad that it happened then and not after being married to the person, having kids and whatever. And even if it happens to you when you're married and you have kids, you can look at the positive that, hey, at least I learn now than never. Um, so you still have an opportunity to, to get out of things and change your life. And that's all that matters at the end of the day. It doesn't matter if you did it quickly or later, as long as you did it. Yeah. And I, yeah, mm-hmm. I, just the time piece is so important. Like, and wherever people listening are now in their process, say they are coming out of a relationship or, you know, they haven't forgiven someone yet or haven't forgiven themselves, it's okay. Like, I think I've spent so much time beating myself up for not being where I think I should be or feeling how I think I should feel. And it's really like, it slows, it slows the growth. And so if you can just kind of be with how you're feeling. And I think like, for me, it was just like every day it got a tiny bit lighter. And like, I had a little more clarity on like, huh, okay. I guess I had to cheat on him in order to like get out of the relationship that wasn't going to work. Right. And yes, I freaking broke his heart in, in, in the process, but perhaps it's also what he needed too. you know, like there's just mm-hmm. day by day, you kind of put the pieces together and it, it becomes more and more clear. Um, and to your piece about God, it's like just really having faith that everything that you experience in life is truly a part of God's divine plan for you. Yeah, one of my uh, favorite quotes that I live by is um, by Eckhart Tolle. And he says, um, uh, life will give you whatever experience is most helpful for the evolution of your consciousness. How do you know this is the right experience? Because this is the experience you're having at the moment. Mm. Um, And I always learned that like, whether it's a simple drinks date, that is there to help me evolve my consciousness somehow. Um, whether that is to remind me of something I didn't know before or teach me something new or awaken me, you know, to something higher than myself or whatever. Um, you know, I, I I will say the last thing, like, you know, you guys are, are with people that you feel very, very good with. And I feel like I'm finally in a relationship with somebody who, I mean, it's been months and I'm like, oh, wow, like there's nothing you do that really annoys me <laughs> in that way. Like, you know, there's like little annoyances, but not like big. Um, but it's, it's 
the, the peace I feel in that relationship is so much better. But I think it was my spiritual lesson leading up to that. And I still don't know if this is the one because I'm just not one. I'm still very cautiously optimistic person. But um, but I always say like it, for me, it was the spiritual lesson of matching my words and my actions because I kept saying I wanted a good person and I wanted this type of person and whatever. And but I kept making different decisions. I kept being with people that were not that. And when I finally started going on dates and was a little bit more selective of what I wanted, and then I would go on the dates and be very open and be like, okay, this was great, but I don't think this is a fit. And I would move on quicker where old me used to like hang on and give chances over and over. I'd be like dating somebody I didn't even care about for months. And, uh, and then I slowly was like, no, this is just align them up. And then, you know, this person, like, I didn't even realize, but I had like a non-negotiables book that my therapist made me <laughs> write. Um, and I was like, wow, look at this. He passed all of them. Um, so it was like, th- those are other lessons that, mm-hmm. you know, I just keep like reiterating the different types of lessons people can um, kind of walk away with. Okay. Um mm-hmm. It's a new year going to be coming up. You know, how can people uh, explore themselves and new relationships? Because, you know, people are going to make resolutions of I want to meet the person or I want to be more open or whatever. How can how can people uh, approach the 2021 with a little bit more of a spiritual mindset and and conversely? Also, how can, how can, how do you guys maybe stay spiritually centered when things are not working out? I think if, you know, this year has taught me anything, it's been, it's been about like surrendering because every time that I've tried to plan something out of like being anxious or out of fear or not knowing Nine times out of 10, it turns out that the circumstances are not conducive to what I planned. (laughs) And so um, it's it's felt much better to to have that like faith that, you know, if I look back on my life, everything really has worked out for the best so far. You know, as hard as, you know, there are as some moments in in my life have been, it's like, wow, everything has truly worked out for the best. And as fucking crazy as 2020 has been, I really hold that faith. And like, this is happening for a reason. I have a lot of hope for 2021 and beyond. Um, there's so much to be grateful for and so many things to look forward to. And I would say to people, you know, not to discount the the pain and the struggle that this year has brought on in people's lives, but we're so resilient, you know, and it can all change in a moment. And I think that if you find your if you find that you are carrying all of the weight of every worry and anxiety um, and responsibility all on yourself, then 
we need to like reevaluate. Like we cannot do it on our own. So whether that is like giving it over to God, whether it is calling on your friends and family to support you, like truly like, you know, you are not meant to carry all of this on your own. So surrender some of those thoughts, those responsibilities, those worries to, to others or to just a higher power. Love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I would say um, for, I think what you did was really beautiful with your therapist with writing down your non-negotiables. That was something, you know, that I did before I found my, my fiance. And I felt like having that clarity is really helpful. Having your standards and clarity is really helpful. There's a power in putting pen to paper. And then it's really letting go of the, the illusion we have of control. You know, the illusion that we have that if we go on this many dates, we're going to find someone or it's going to be in this certain way or it's going to look like this. It's going to feel like this. You know, all of that really is just distraction from being present with what is there. So as much as people can let go of the illusion of control, I think in dating, just like we've had to do in 2020, I think that's, you know, the best advice. Aish, how are you going to tackle uh, 2021 with a more spiritual perspective. How can how can we? Right. Um, I think a practical way and something that I'm trying to be more conscious of um, is just again being kinder to yourself. Um, in elementary school, we used to have this thing. It was for every put down, you have to do two put ups. So every time you're like in that negative spiral self talk, I have to go back and be like, no, okay, this is this was bad, but you did this and you did this. So a lot of um, counteracting, you know, the negative thoughts that you have to, that you um, repeat in your head. And I think that the more you do it, the more you start to actually believe it. And like the less the negative self-talk comes and the more of the positive self-talk comes. So I think a lot of it at the end of the day is going to come from you. So do better to you. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, very much. I love Mm -hmm. she says it with her wristband on from last night. I know. (laughs) <laughs> She's the leader we all want. She's the leader we all want. Um, we also, you know, every every year that passes, every day, and honestly, every moment, I'm always like, there's a new opportunity. And uh, half of the battle is just letting go of the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and something I also learned, you know, sort of through my monk was the idea that uh, we're actually practicing letting go every moment. Like you can't take a breath in unless you let the last one go. So it really is, a, a, that's why we, you know, you do a lot of the focus on breathing and stuff like that. And um, to me, it's like, I think COVID has woken a lot of people up, um, especially single people for what they were looking for. I think a lot of people didn't realize that, they wanted a relationship and now are like, oh, fuck. It would have been awesome to have gone through this with somebody. Um, and so, you know, just to use every every new day as an opportunity to get yourself closer to that place. It doesn't have to happen overnight, but, um, but to use every moment to kind of keep growing. And, and like you all said, like being kind to yourself in the process. There are going to be times you're going to get it. There are times you're not. There are times you're going to still fuck up. And then there are going to be times you're like, fuck, I nailed that one. Um, So, you know, just to kind of uh, let each moment be and 
be non-judgmental about it. <laughs> yes, you got to give um, yourself gra- grace and compassion, especially if you're trying to date during you know these times. I think it's a lot. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I would just say too, like, if I do think it's a, a cool opportunity during this time to, as hard as it is, but it's kind of forced like dating yourself. I went through that period during non-COVID times where I was like, okay, I'm really going to like start to do what I do for myself, what I desire in a partner. And since it's kind of like forced us to be home and not be able to do the dating thing as regularly as we'd like, like it's a cool opportunity to do that. So, you know, having those nights to yourself where you're just really, you're watching that movie that you wanted to watch and you make yourself dinner or um, whatever it looks like. It's, it, it sounds cheesy, but it actually, what I found is when I was really okay with being with myself, mm-hmm. I found my person. And because I was not like so focused on finding someone to like fill that part of me. So there's definitely like nuance in the energetics of that, but I would definitely, you know, recommend to people that during this time when we're not able to go out that you just go on and date yourself a little bit. Yes. Date yourself. (laughs) Um, Guys, thank you so much for being on Kind of Dating. You guys are so awesome. This was so fun. This was like such also, a Also, we love hearing your voices. Oh, yeah. Thanks. So Same. I love your voices. I know. I was thinking about that yes. when you guys were talking. I'm like, wow, they've got, and when we listen to the show, I'm like, they've mm-hmm. got really great voices. Truly. I'm oh, sure no. your producer is thinking the same. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he tweaks us. No, um, no, you guys are amazing. Uh, so we're not totally done yet. We have something called six questions. We ask every guest, the exact same six questions. Um, you know, it's a little, little rapid fire. Okay. Think of it like Oprah Super Soul Sunday meets James Lipton's, you know, <laughs> I love inside it. the actor studio thing. And but it's the dating version. Um, so maybe we'll go Krista Lindsay or Lindsay Lindsay Krista, which you guys can decide. Um, let's do let's do because I'm looking at you guys, Lindsay Krista. All right. So audience can know. So, guys, here are your six questions. What is the first thing you notice about a potential partner? I notice um, eyes and eye contact. That's Mm. a good one. Krista, which I know. I'm here? thinking. I'm thinking <laughs> oh. <laughs> probably height and swag. Like they've mm-hmm. got to have like a little movement about them. Mm-hmm. That means they like played sports. One <laughs> hundred. Yep. Totally. Yep. Um, what is one deal breaker? At this point in my life, it's like if you're unable to have a conversation about like your emotions, it's really mm-hmm. hard. So that would be a deal breaker. Waxing Good his one. eyebrows. <laughs> Could never, 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 never. Remember Jesse Metcalf from he's Desperate still, Housewives? He's, he's still waxing like, his he's eyebrows. He's so hot. I'm like, no. That <laughs> ain't. Too much. They can't look prettier than you. <laughs> Hell no. It's a thing. Um, what turns you on? I really love like... Um, just like touch when it's not in like a uh, like a sexual moment, but mm-hmm. touch like during the day and just like 
Yeah, I like to be held and touched. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> I think what turns me on is just like presence, like fully grounded presence. And that's mm. energetics that women know. Like we know when like a man is fully there with you and when they're not. Totally. Their eyes <laughs> go all over the place. <laughs> um, what are one of your strengths and one of your weaknesses in relationships? I think one of my strengths is um, just having a sense of what that person might need in a moment. Mm. So whether it's like physically, emotionally, or maybe something that would just support them or help them. Um, my weakness um, I would definitely say that I'm working on communication. I love to communicate. I love the idea of communication, but I don't always feel, I, I get nervous. I get anxious about communicating sometimes and it doesn't always translate or propel the conversation forward. Fair. I think my... Strength is joy and laughter. I'm always laughing and having fun. That's like number one um, in any relationship I've had. And my weakness is I... <laughs> um, I think I'm a little... There's a lot, there's, I'm kind of sifting. I'm like, what's, re what's, the, what's the recent one that's at the surface? I think controlling a little bit, you know, people like, I think women in general are controlling, but I have a tendency to control and it's a weird way. It's not like very overt. It's like very subtle. No, totally. I'm a fucking control freak. Yeah. <laughs> I have to-do lists down to the wooza and then I get upset if like something goes like 10 minutes off mm -hmm. an hour. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Um, what is love? Got to do with it or? <laughs> <laughs> um, what is love? This is when this, this gets, people, yeah. gets people thinking. What like what I experience now is just like this sense of like life force, you know, like I really feel, I don't know, like a part of me that wasn't alive is now alive. And so, yeah, it's, I don't, I don't know what that answer is, but like, that's kind of what it, what it feels like. It inspires everything. It's like a Jedi force. Yeah, it's like the <laughs> ultimate one. multiplier. Like, I love myself more. I love him. I love my friends. I love my love. You know, like, there's mm -hmm. just like this. Yeah. So true. That's a good one. Um, love is... I think love is freedom for me. I'm always like, a, I'm a freedom person. I, I'm obsessed with just the feeling of freedom. So I think that there's just like a freedom 
that's felt when you feel love because you're able to be mm-hmm. whatever you want to be, however you want to be it. And, you know, being with Justin, I never thought that I would ever be able to just be whatever I wanted to be all the time and, and feel loved and not feel judged or anything like that. So I think it's freedom for me. Good one. Yeah, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, your last question, guys. Besides I love you, what three words would you want your partner to tell you? Mm. I love when Sean says you inspire me. I'm like, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. I love I'm that. I'm like, I needed that. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. Mm. I made dinner. <laughs> <Just kidding>. <laughs> um, <laughs> I... I think mine would, mine's like, it's different. Cause like at the early stages, I'd be like, you're hot. Mm-hmm. Then it'd be like, you are whatever. Like you're my best friend. And then, you know, all these things. And I think when you've been dating eight years, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like something logistical or financial. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, I made a million. Yeah. I inherited money <laughs> or like something like, something like that probably would be you can retire. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you can retire would be dope. Or like, I'll, I'll take care of it. It's four, but yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. take care of it. <laughs> Love it. Love it. That's so awesome. Well, ladies, thank you so, so much again this for being so on the podcast. Fun. This was so it much fun. I had the best time with you guys today. I'm so grateful Yeah, you have to come back sometime. Definitely. Thank you. Love thank you. Um, Please tell everybody how they can find you guys and your podcast and all the fun stuff. Yeah, you can listen to Almost 30 everywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, you can follow us on Instagram, almost30podcast. Um, our website is almost30.com. We also have a, a shop with some things to support you as you navigate some of life's shit. Um, it's shopalmost30.com. And then I'm at Sick on Instagram. And I'm at it's Krista. And yeah, we appreciate this was so this is such a great Sunday. We appreciate it. Can't wait to share this with our community. And Yay. thanks for having us, guys. Thank you guys. And guys, we'll have um all their handles and links in the description of this episode. Make sure you follow them. They have amazing guests. Like you guys have fucking killer guests. So yeah. um definitely take a listen. And friends, follow us. We're also on social media at kind of dating across the board. Aisha, where are you at? I am at Aisha says dance across the board. And I am at Natasha Chandel official on Facebook, Natasha underscore Chandel on Twitter, Natasha dot Chandel on TikTok is fuck it. I'm going to throw that in there too. Um, <laughs> and then Natasha Chandel on Instagram, um, where on Sundays and Thursdays, I'll be doing Instagram lives. So um, come ask us your questions. Friends. Thank you so much for downloading this episode. If you could please take a few seconds and review us on iTunes, we would be so grateful. Um, And tell a friend. Also send us your dating stories and thoughts to kindadating at gmail.com. Finally, I know it seems tough out there, but just try. Till next time. Kind of Dating is created, produced, and hosted by myself, Natasha Chandel. Aisha Holden is my co-host. Our producer is Adam Pineless, and our intern is Karina Uribe. The opening music is composed by Joe Lorenzetti, and our logo and graphics are by Jenna Yenick and K. Daniel Ellis.